Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the trumpet let's do, hear do, that do. beautiful trumpet music <laughs> what is up everybody welcome Oof. in the dnvr nuggets <laughs> podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook america's <laughs> let's go there let's always so funny it's man so you guys saw ryan green did his first like vlog on the nuggets game and one of the, the i love the video but the worst part was when it cuts to us in the b studio which we're never in but we were in that for that one <laughs> And like everybody sees that we have to do this without actual musical feedback for whatever reason. Um, and you see how weird it is. It actually is just like this for us when we're like, yeah, but there's no music. <laughs> yeah, the beast, the beast studio, that's an ultra just inside look at DNVR. Like the, the in, inside the beast studio, it brings a whole new meaning to inside DNVR. It's so true, man. The B Studio really is like the bowels of the DNVR bar. It's such a drag, uh, but it is a gorgeous set. Um, speaking is. of gorgeous sets, I've got Brendan Vote live from Brazil. That's right. I uh, don't have anything to hang up, but I'm happy to be here, guys. I miss the show. Are, are you in a closet? Are you in a bathroom? Are you? <laughs> Where like are you? Uh, I'm in an unfinished student housing complex that's in the middle of construction and this is a, a room that i'm in with uh nothing on the walls so yes wow well you know what still looks it still looks all right i got harrison win with me <laughs> uh vote i'm just glad you're here with us i'm just glad you're here I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing well i'm glad you haven't been uh kidnapped by the cartel or anything i'm, I'm glad you're good <laughs> dude i feel safer here than my own neighborhood back home but I, i'm right. glad i'm good too i'm glad i'm good too <laughs> 
We got a lot to get to today. Oh, look, we got a bar at a ski resort. Kale Sorbo, super producer Kale, not with us today. He is out there catching some sun and snow at the same time. Fun. Today, a beautiful day, 70 degrees here in sunny Colorado. Uh, as Matt Moore calls it, fake spring. And in honor of fake spring in segment uh, two, we're going to talk about some, is, is Denver in a fake spring right now? Or is it a real spring? Meaning, have we gotten out of the cold darkness of winter and now there is flowers blooming in the hearts and minds and souls of denver nuggets fans all over the globe we're going to talk about that and then in segment three we're going to preview a very busy and pivotal month of march and just talk about what we expect and some of the big things that are on the horizon of course today march 1st isn't it march 1st today am i right about that yeah it's march 1st march 1st we'll look at the whole month here and talk about why it's a big one uh, and what's going on but first our top story tonight Harrison Wind was live at Ball Arena for Denver Nuggets practice today, and he was able to observe, to watch, to take notes on the physical um, prowess of one Michael Porter Jr. and get some updates from him. So, Harrison, I'm going to throw it to you. What can you tell us about Denver Nuggets practice? But let's start with the Michael Porter aspect of it. Yeah, well, I watched Porter today go one-on-one with Davon Reed, Mr. Dependable. Mr. Dependable? Yeah, just you know, stepping up and and going one on one with Mike today. Uh, they play one on one for a while, like really while Michael Malone talked and and Will Barton talked, and there was definitely contact. You know, <laughs> we've been talking about what what the <laughs> definition of full contact is on this show for the last week or so. I think they were definitely going one hundred percent with contact. Um, it's not like there were doctors watching that one-on-one game to make sure Mike wasn't going too hard or anything like that. They were definitely just playing one-on-one. Um, and then, you know, I was just checking in on what the Nuggets' plans are for Porter over the next couple of weeks. And this week, the plan is to send him to Grand Rapids for a scrimmage and a practice. With not a game, not a game. Grand Rapids. We're talking about practice, right? Not a game. Yeah, yeah. So look, like the Nuggets don't. No, I'm being serious here, Harrison. I'm, I'm actually, I'm phrasing it funny, but the plan is not to have him play in a Grand Rapids game against another G League team. Is that correct? It's to have him practice in scrimmage. Well, this week, yeah. Um, he's gonna go 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 up there for a practice and scrimmage. Um, look, like the Nuggets. They don't practice or scrimmage really at all at this point in the season. Most NBA teams don't. But with Grand Rapids, the Nuggets can literally tell them what to do in a practice. They can be like, yeah, we want you guys to do a four-quarter scrimmage with 10 or 12-minute quarters, and like this is what we want you to do. And Porter can go up there later this week and participate in that. The gold play tonight and tomorrow, and then they're off until Sunday. So that's kind of the window, I think, where that practice slash scrimmage um, can take place. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, that's such exciting news. Like we got, we started first started getting reports a couple of days ago when Michael Porter. I mean, I honestly think he's the reason this got pushed forward is because of the Instagram post that obviously, like, you got to comment once he kind of says that. Like, people got to comment on it, and I would say that today's update is almost speeding up my own personal timeline. Like. I still yeah. think he's probably a couple weeks away, but I don't think more than that. What is, do you have a sense for, if you were to kind of handicap this, what's the date you would look at Harrison? I would say 
mid to late March. You know, I'd say he's definitely still a couple of weeks out, but I'd say I'd say mid to late March. Um, I love how you're being a coward right now and not wanting to commit to a date. <laughs> <over under. laughs> He's like, I would say yeah. soonish, but not too soonish. I mean, just looking oh, wow. at the calendar, Denver goes on that three-game road trip, March 14th, yeah. March 16th, March 18th. Then they come back and play the Celtics March 20th, March 22nd against the Clippers, March 24th against the Suns. Best case scenario, if everything goes well, maybe he comes back for one of those games. Now, like, he's going to go practice and scrimmage with the gold this week. I think he could play a G League game, you know, maybe next week once he comes back to Denver, gets checked out, gets reevaluated. I think it's on the table. He could go back and actually play a G League game with the gold after that. He might not do that. I think that, you know, could be up to him. It could be the Nuggets. It's probably a joint decision. But I don't think that's off the table either that he – plays a G league game before he rejoins the Nuggets lineup. Well, uh, our team, our player correspondent friend of the show, Bones Island says, bro looks ready to main, which yes. I mean, this, this is the thing is it's not just like, Oh, okay. Starting to ramp it up. Like this is what we've been saying, Harrison, that we've gotten a chance to observe him at practice and at games that you wouldn't know it from watching him that he had gone through an injury. Like he, he, look, I know this doesn't mean everything, but he just looks healthy. Yeah, I mean he's dunking. He's he, he looks like he's in great spirits too. He like yeah. just watching him, he looks like he's super comfortable and and hyped up to to come back. He, he looks really excited. So, I believe Bones. Like what has that <laughs> dude ever lied? Never. <laughs> so, yeah, um it's it's super exciting. You know, I think in a couple weeks we can like really start thinking about him in the lineup. I see this comment here. I do not want MPJ back. I want to trade him. Nuggets are doing good without him. You need Murray, not MPJ. I mean, I, to me, this is crazy talk. Like, look, I, Michael Porter brings his own set of challenges. I'm curious to see when we talk about a ramp up. I'm not really worried about Michael Porter disrupting the offense. Like, he's a shooter. He knows how to cut and to do the things. Like, he's not an on-ball player very much. Like, Denver just doesn't run a lot of plays through Michael right. Porter. Uh, maybe next year they will, but this year I certainly don't expect them to. But he's a great shooter. I mean, come on, guys. Like The only time he wasn't a 45% three-point shooter was the first nine games of the season when he had a herniated disc. But like when healthy, that guy is as good of a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter as anybody. And are you telling me? I mean, there's so many plays this year. I found a crazy stat um, today that he is averaging, I think, like 11 plays uh, per game w- coming off of screens. The next highest center is something like five. This is not mm-hmm. something he's done his whole life. This is something Denver is doing this year to get Jokic touches where the teams can't just double them immediately. Like Denver has had to get creative this year on how to change their offense because teams are sitting just doesn't mm-hmm. buy Denver shooters. You start to put Michael Porter in the corner in particular, like in the corner, because you're spacing there to where guys can't help in the off the offensive glass and this or that. And I just think it's going to make Jokic's job so much easier. So to me, yes, Michael Porter presents challenges and, and defensively this or whatever, but I think he comes in and creates a shooting threat from the corners that Denver has not had this year. Could make it easier for the entry passers as well, right? I mean, you're that much less likely to bracket, right? I'm thinking Portland game six, Porter in the corner, Jokic is going to find him. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to help off that guy at all. I also think his rebounding. I know he's coming off a back surgery, um, and I don't know if he's going to go into that starting lineup immediately. I would assume he doesn't. 
But that is one thing Jeff Green does not do well. And, you know, you have guys sometimes stealing rebounds too, but Will Barton is often crashing the glass. And um, a lot of that I think is because Jeff Green doesn't grab a lot. And so I do wonder if maybe just things slide back to their natural order a little bit. Porter's a great rebounder. And and I know we can't expect him to look tip top physically, but I still think he helps in that regard as well. Yeah. And I think even the rebounding thing, it's, he is a great rebounder because he's so athletic and so long. But I think more than anything, he just provides the spacing that allows for more rebounding. And that's what Denver's lacking this year. Aaron Gordon getting to play the dunker spot now, but having that threat in the corner. In fact, there was a play on the list today that I highlight where I talk about the threat of like an Austin Rivers in the corner and how teams are willing to sort of concede that. Michael Porter's out there. Teams just will not concede Michael Porter open in the right. corner. They just won't. Right. And that means Aaron Gordon's going to get a lot more one-on-one rebounding opportunities or even one-on-zero because the defense had to rotate. So mm-hmm. to me, I think it'll be a big impact. And also, like, for the people that are – I understand some of the things about Michael Porter. Like, his feel for the game and understanding is admittedly below most prospects of his caliber, um, in, in some cases by quite a bit. I think this has a lot to do with how much time he's missed in his developmental years. Like, I mean, we're talking about two and a half, three years of his most important developmental seasons he's missed. But I think coming back in the nature that he will as not a starter, not as a number two option, like he'll come back probably off the bench for at least a little while. And then again, just won't be running a ton of plays for him. And that suits him very well to be a, to be a low usage spot up shooter. Like he's going to be the best one in the NBA. Right. Yeah, just imagine him in the corner instead of Jeff Green, <laughs> you know? Right. right. Like Jeff Green shooting 30% from three this season. Yeah. Porter was... at his worst is a 40% three-point shooter. It changes the entire dynamic of the floor. Yeah, And it does, you know, beg some rotation questions, but just in terms of who's on the roster, Zeke Naji, Brent Forbes, Michael Porter Jr., this is starting to look like a much better catch and shoot group than we've seen around Jokic in the past. And so that, I mean, even that's just exciting. And, and even thinking about playoff rotations, if Zeke was a part of that rotating two or, you know, one, two, three of those guys are in around him at any point. It's just, a, it's a really mouthwatering prospect. And I'm excited for like Bryn Forbes is one of the better shooters. Denver's had Jokic has had at his disposal. I think Michael Porter, yeah. Jamal Murray, Bryn Forbes, maybe one, two, three, uh, Mike Miller, maybe you could make a case for, but to, to the, the idea of being able to stagger a lineup that features Jokic, Bryn Forbes, and Michael Porter at four, like, okay, you're probably going to need somebody defensively in there to, like, maybe it's Austin Rivers that comes in, you know, around that. But mm-hmm. you give Mike, you give Jokic, Porter in one quarter, Forbes in the other. I'm sorry. Like, there's not a whole lot of defense is going to be able to do with that, that, that amount of spacing for Jokic. And I just, I love that as a curveball staggered lineup. Um, yeah. All right, Harrison, what else from practice today? Um, I mean, that was really the big thing. We, we talked to Will Barton as well, he, who was asked about breaking the three-point record. He, he's still mm-hmm. on the cusp of that. And look, he, he's been on the cusp of it for a couple games now. I just really get just the one. sense. Really just one. He was not on the cusp of it two nights ago when he was like six away. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he has okay. a game where he's made six threes. Okay. So I just kind of get the sense that he really wants to get it over with. Yeah. And he did. even kind of said that today. And I feel like Malone wants to get it over with and everybody wants to. And um, I hope he gets it in the first quarter tomorrow against the thunder. Do you get the sense Is- they're going to run a play for him? 
I mean, do they need to? <laughs> I would say, <laughs> Will, Will, Will Barton in the first quarter is guaranteed to get up at least two threes. Here, here's it's what true. I would say. If you, because it's two, right? He needs one to tie, one to break. Yeah. And the breaking it is where you get it. So I think you let the first one happen naturally. Just like hope he gets one in the first quarter. You're like, whatever. Then I think you have a play in your pocket for like, okay, it's time to break it. We don't want this hanging over everybody's head the whole game. Like you've got a play that you have ready to go. That's like, boom, elevator doors or something to get him an open look. So hopefully he knocks it down. Boom. And we can move on. Yeah. I I think that Portland game, it, (laughs) his body language is really poor. And I thought it was because those shots weren't fallen and, I think he looked a little less focused on the other stuff. So I'm I'm in that group as well, Harrison. I would like to get this over with. Plus, I've got a good tweet lined up just sitting in the draft. So let's, let's oh, do this Oh, wow. I can't wait. Just sitting in drafts. I can't wait. Also, can we – so it just told me to get some sleep because I look like hell. I have COVID. I just want to – I don't – I'm sure I do look like hell. But anyway. I think you look great. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm well, tan. I'm kind of tan as far as Irish German well, people go. Well, let's not get carried away. It's here, all relative. Yeah, it's right. relative. Uh, all right, Harrison. What else? Uh, what else from practice? Um, Michael Malone was also talking about just watching Michael Porter Jr. shoot the ball. <laughs> I thought this was great. He goes, his shooting. It's effortless. It's pretty. He's just got a beautiful stroke. And then he went on to say. Look, you you remind yourself that before we lost Jamal, we thought we had a chance to win it. And when we get those guys back, whether it's this year or next year, we feel the same way. We've got a chance to win it when we get fully healthy. It's so true, man. It's so true. Um, I love that there is some excitement there on that on, on that front. I will say, like, I have um, – I'm going to share the screen here. Mike Singer took this video today at practice, at Nuggets practice. And you just – you uh, let's see here if we could see it. Try to zoom in a little bit. His uh, his like footwork, his height, and the effortlessness with which he gets these shots off. You'll see him here going up against Mister Dependable Davon Reed. Contact! I just saw contact at him. There was contact. <laughs> a little contact there. Face up, just drain it right in his face. Like that was nothing. Okay, let's do this again. And then I love this is like a classic Mike move. The uh, old like shot fake. Oh, I guess this one's maybe a different one than what I saw earlier. There's one where he gets – oh, yeah, that's a different one. There's one where he gets into that um, mid-range shot fakes, and, like, he's so tall you have to jump to block it. Like, you can't block him by just putting a hand up, and then he just fakes it, falls to the other direction, and, yeah, yeah, man. He's still got the same game. You know, he's still got the same one-on-one game. Like, MPJ, he still doesn't really get by anyone, you know? (laughs) He still doesn't really have the quickness to get by anybody, but he can just rise up over a 6'6 defender like Dave Henry, that's easy. The funny thing is, like, the numbers with Jokic and MPJ on the court over the last three seasons are also absurd. I think they might be the number one on the team in terms of just two-man pairings. And it's not, again, it's not because Porter, like, Porter is still very much an unfinished product, and he has a lot to prove. But just in terms of, a, hey, if you can give Jokic as much of a one-on-one situation, like, as much spacing as possible, he murders mm-hmm. everyone. And Michael Porter does that uh, as much as I, uh, I miss that regular season dribble handoff pull-up jumper too which in the playoffs they certainly had solutions for it but in the regular season that thing was a guaranteed bucket um uh anything else from practice today uh that's it that's it 
Do you have uh, any Murray updates? I mean, how would it, was he? Was yeah, he working that's, out today? that's the other thing. I mean, all these, uh, all these good vibes about Michael Porter, you know, Jamal Murray's just not at that stage yet, which yeah. I guess it's surprising because we've just had this in the back of our heads all along that Jamal was probably more likely to come back than Michael Porter. You know, this is going back to the early <laughs> months of the season, but as it's progressed, those two you know, seem to be at somewhat equal footing. And now Porter's obviously well ahead of Jamal. Um, I think that's just how it is for now. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to my ex-colleague, Gordon Gross, who's been on that. I mean, I've been on this too. Like for a while, we've been talking about the idea of Porter coming back. But I think Gordon was the first one to kind of say like, hey, given he used to be a uh, physical therapist. So I know he was talking about, hey, I've worked with guys on these two timelines before. Like I would not be surprised if Porter's the one back here we are. He was, uh, he was right on that assumption or appears to be right on that assumption. All right. Why don't we take our first commercial break on the other side? We're going to talk about the beautiful weather in Colorado and whether or not false spring in, in the weather world is going to mirror a false spring in the nuggets world who are on a little bit of a winning streak here. Yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery this week. Breck Brews, the official beer of DNVR. So if you're watching the Nuggets this week, if you're hanging out outside with, with this great weather that we're about to talk about, make sure you have a Mile High City Copper Lager in your hand. If you're in the area, check out the Breck Brew uh, at the DNVR bar. We've got a bunch of it on tap. We've also got Breck Brew Seltzers. But if you're not in the area, hop onto their website, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator to find out where you can get Breckenridge Brewery uh, closest to you. And of course, make sure to check out the Mile High City Copper Lager during Nuggets season. Also at DraftKings Sportsbook this week and this weekend, when Covington and Masvidal step into the octagon this Saturday at UFC 272, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC has a knockout offer for new customers. Bet just $1 on the main event, get $100 in free bets no matter what. First round knockout, you get paid off of that. Majority draw, you get paid. Double knockout resulting in a no contest ruling. Yep, you get $100 in free bets no matter what the outcome is. Uh, So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event. Get $100 in free bets no matter what happens in the fight. That's code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, by the way, I love betting on UFC. It's like a very fun sport. It's one of the funnest sports to bet gamble on. Cause you can like watch the guys come out of the tunnel and be like, okay, I just bet on right there. Like, I think this ends first round, second round, whatever. It's just, it's a very fun, like live sport to, uh, to get on, uh, yeah, for, for everyone, for everyone watching, don't take that betting advice. That's just how Adam bets, but, but don't take that betting. Advice. <laughs> hey man, I don't bet enough money to feel bad when I lose and I lose. That's so the I don't, trick. I I just bet yeah. enough to be like, if I win, I'm excited about it. Uh, I see the comments going on. Milian, um, your, your point's been made. We, we all understand your perspective. Let's move on. I don't want to have to put you in timeout while we're doing this. Um, so back here at segment two, we're talking about <laughs> fall spring today. A warm 71 degrees, which by the way, I know I've, nobody loves to hear people talk about the weather. But I got to say, man, 
going out for a walk on days like this, I you do just get so optimistic. You're just like, oh, that's right. The sun, the warmth, it, it provides this boost. Somebody in the comments said, I know Adam talks about daylight savings is one of his favorite days. We're two weeks away. Yes, it is. Yes, it is one of my favorite <laughs> days because we are only two weeks away for the sun going down at almost seven o'clock, which just makes your day so much longer, so much more beautiful. So yes, I'm very excited. But as we know, this isn't really spring. This is false spring. We get a little warmness here, but next week we might get a blizzard. We might get a big snowstorm. We might get temperatures down into 10, 15 degrees again. And then you're like, you're almost kicked in the kicked in the stomach. And I'm wondering, the Nuggets on a little six-game winning streak. There are they've won, I think, 14 of their last 17 or 18, something like that. They're on a roll. But we're wondering, is this false spring or are the Nuggets Ooh. really over the curve? Uh, let's start by talking about some, some of these uh, topics here. The first one is. The Denver Nuggets bench since DeMarcus Cousins has joined when he's in the lineup, much publicized, 10 and 0, 10 and 0. Vote. False spring? Or are we really there? Are we really here? Is the bench actually good or are they just good relative to what they were? They are better than the bad benches. Uh, there's a fake answer for you. Like they, If they're playing a bad team, I'm confident they're winning those bench minutes. Extremely confident. Um, good teams, I, I guess the jury is still out, right? But one thing about the bench, you touched on this point, and it, it, it's salient for me. Cousins has gone from a guy who was just filling empty shoes to a guy who is helping them win by being him. His skill set in particular, the bench is starting to play through him a little bit. He's a skillful guy. The ball movement's better. So there is a life to the second unit that I buy. Um is it a strength yet? I don't know. I think the jury is still out, to be honest. But I do – we used to hold our breath through those bench minutes, and it, it kind of feels like, you know, when you finally get acclimated to the altitude and you get that second lung back? I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling comfortable. Uh, and, and let's be honest, the last few times out, the bench has actually saved the day. So definitely okay. trending in the right direction. What do you think, Wind? Yeah, I think the bench is good, honestly. Um they're way better than they were in the pre DeMarcus cousins era. I don't think they're like the best bench in the league, but I think they're good. Um, they're, what I've learned over the last couple of weeks is that there are some really bad benches in the NBA and even some good yeah. teams out there have some really bad benches and the, the nuggets compared to those teams seem like they have a better bench than most with the Marcus cousins. Um, again, like I don't think it's the best bench in the league or, or close to it, but I think they're good. They've saved the day a couple times over the last couple of weeks. That would have never happened over the first half of the season. Denver probably would have lost that game in Portland if it was before they signed to Marcus cousins. So um, I think that group has looked really good. I'm, I'm buying it. I, lo I love when somebody in the comments like just makes the game even better. He says it's a real spring, but not a summer yet. So I love this. <laughs> like that's exactly how this works. You're right. It's real spring, but don't forget spring still has its rainy days. It still has its windy days. It's cold days. I think that's probably the most accurate answer here. If I look at the, so when we talk about the bench, what we're really talking about is the non Jokic minutes, right? Cause they're staggered lineups, this or that, but it's always, if Jokic is off, well, DeMarcus Cousins, when he's been with the Nuggets, I don't think there's been any minutes. If so, it's been less than three or four where 
Jokic has been off and DeMarcus Cousins has been off. Like when he's been available, he's pretty much subbing in for Jokic and out for Jokic. Um, in these games, he was against Detroit, a minus four. Against Detroit the second time, a minus seven. Against Brooklyn, a plus two. Against the Pelicans, a zero. Brooklyn again, a minus seven. Toronto, a minus two. Orlando, plus three. Golden State, minus two. And then these last games, Sacramento, plus 10. Portland, plus 27. So you look at these numbers, most of those are negative. And even when they're positive, it's like plus two or whatever, which is fine. Again, like a bench doesn't have to be great. It just has to be whatever. I think we're clouded a little bit by this last game against Portland in which he was, they were, the bench was a plus 27. You go back and watch that. They started Drew Eubanks at six foot nine. That was their starter. Then they got right. smaller right. after that. So DeMarcus Cousins, Jermichael Green dominated that game. And in hindsight, they probably should have. They should have, but not minus 21, of course. There's no quite like this game is not are they is this is like fake spring versus late winter, not fake yeah. spring <laughs> versus the darkest night of the year, which is what the Nuggets were in. There's no question that this is an upgrade. He has been a massive upgrade. I just my personal take is this is a little bit more of a spring, not summer situation, meaning we really do have a much, much, much improved bench. But I wouldn't count on the bench to win too many games for Denver going forward. I just would count on them to lose significantly fewer than what was happening before. But do you guys feel that much more confident that in a shortened rotation, eight, nine guys, there's two, three guys you can pick out now where you go, all right, I mean, this is right. This is not a disaster anymore. No question. I'm starting to feel that way. Yeah. Bryn Forbes, I'm no, I mean, he's shooting 45% since joining Denver. And most of that is lately, you know, he's just been on Ooh. fire. Uh, I now count on him to do it. Austin Rivers seems like he's found his groove. DeMarcus Cousins is playing well a lot. Jermichael Green, like I do count now going into it, two or three of those guys at minimum to play well. Maybe not all of them, but two or three of them. Whereas before, you really did worry like you got nothing from any of the bench guys. I think those days are long gone. I um, just think the bench is improving still. I, I, I think we've Some seen agree. this group at the worst it's going to look. You know, going Strong back agree. a couple of weeks, I think DeMarcus Cousins is regaining some athleticism. I, I think Austin Rivers is playing the best he's played all year. Bryn Forbes looks really good. Um, Bones, I, I think that's still a question mark there. Jamichael Green is looking the best he has all year. I think that bench is actually going to continue to look better. I, I agree. And it's nice that they have a little bit of a ramp up like Oklahoma City and Houston. I expect the bench to look good again against both of those teams. Right. Once you start to get into Golden State and Toronto and Philadelphia, like the Denver is going to hit a, a tough stretch and that bench unit will be tested. I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going undefeated from here on out. Um, but but nonetheless, I do think I'm with Harrison. It's getting better. Um, we should just expect a few bumps along the way. Um, next one. Bones Highland, I know he rolled his ankle. I, I don't know how long of it. Did you, was there any update on Bones? Did you see him today participating in practice, Harrison? Yeah, he looked fine. He was shooting a bunch after practice. He's not on the injury report, so I think he's good to go. Okay. So we have seen Bones really come into his own over the last two months or so, and really he's won that role as backup point guard. Is Are you buying him as a rotation player in the playoffs, Harrison? Uh, no, I'll sell that. Um, I think he definitely could make it. Yeah. Fake spring. Um, I think he could definitely make an impact in a playoff game. He could like win the nuggets, a playoff game, just like Austin rivers won them a playoff game with a big quarter 
against Portland last year. But am I counting on him for 15 really good minutes every single night? No. Like, I could see a scenario where Faku plays over him in the playoffs. I really could. And, you know, maybe that's the right decision. It's funny, like, when Bones got subbed out after 24 seconds the other night against Portland, and everyone was quick to jump on Twitter and be like, Michael Malone just benched Bones Highland after 30 seconds? Like, yes, he got injured. That wasn't the case. But I was thinking in the, in the back of my mind, his first couple possessions were he fouled a three-point shooter, and then he took a mid-range shot and missed. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, if Malone wanted to bench him one of these games in the first half, if he comes out lackadaisical, if he doesn't look 100% locked in, I think that could actually be the right move. You know, because I don't think you want him to get super comfortable where he, you know, loses focus or, or takes his foot yeah. off the gas. So I would kind of like it if, if Malone kept him on his toes a little bit. Yeah, I'll say fake spring. I think it's getting colder again. I wonder, first of all, I still have hope Jamal comes back at some point, at which point you're looking at Monte back with the bench and you've got a lot of guards that you, you sort of trust to handle the ball outside of that. So I'm not sure if he necessarily needs to. And then also, let's just say he is a part of the rotation. You just think of Michael Malone. What would his first adjustment be if he starts to get a little nervous? <laughs> and I, I, I agree with Wynn. So bad, a bad turnover, a bad foul on the other end. You could see a rage timeout and a sub. Um, and that's okay, by the way. You know, it's Denver has needed so much from Bones this season that it's easy to lose sight on what realistic expectations are for a late first rounder and what he means to a contender. So it's weird. He does have those wide swings. He could come in and win a game, like Wynn said, but he could be benched. So I, I'm, I'm going to hold out. I think with that role in particular, a point guard role, it's, your floor is probably more important than your ceiling because you get into the playoffs, you don't want a player that's just going to lose single-handedly lose a game for you. I'm going to say fake spring, but not. this is great for Bones. I'm, I understand you, Harrison, about Malone maybe getting a tight leash with him. The reason I don't think that's going to happen too much going forward, one, Bones has been very good, um, and, and so I just don't know that it's going to be needed. But two, later on in the season, we talk about Jamal Murray. Where does he fit into this? If we do start to get into a April return, Jamal Murray might be more of a bench player this year. It might just be the strategy of, hey, we don't have enough time to get him back in and do this, and it's just such an X factor. It might be we still want to play him. Well, whose minutes does he take? Not Monte's not Will Barton's, he maybe takes Bones Highlands. You go like, okay, we have our veteran here, and even if Jamal Murray struggles, at least you're going down with your guy, and I think Bones, that's like a, a, a switch that even Bones can probably appreciate and, and accept. So to me, that's why I don't think he's going to be a playoff rotation player. Um, here's one for you guys. Austin Rivers with the starters. This mm. is a crazy one. Austin Rivers with the starters. Now, why do I put this one in here? I don't know if you guys have seen. Two of the best Denver Nuggets lineups – feature Denver starting lineup and Austin Rivers in uh, Will Barton's place or Austin Rivers in Jeff Green's place? Kind of like situationally, do you need to go big? Do you need to go small? The numbers bear out and it's not that big of a sample size enough, small enough that you can, that you, it's big enough that you should, you know, it should, you should accept it. Like, okay, this is interesting, but small enough that you can understand two or three bad games with that lineup would change it drastically. But the numbers are really good. Are you buying this wind as Austin Rivers maybe a sneaky great fit along Denver's best players? I'm buying it. And 
Austin Rivers, I feel like he's kind of progressed into Michael Malone's crutch in terms of guys he can throw in with the starters to close games. Like if he needs mm. a defender to close a game, that's going to be Austin Rivers. Now, not not counting Aaron Gordon for a second because we know he's a really good defender. We know Denver can use him in spots uh, in a playoff matchup or something like that. Austin Rivers is the Nuggets' best perimeter defender, you know? Just like full stop, he is. And I think Malone's recognized that, and that's a big reason why he's been playing a lot to close games as of late. So I'm buying it. If you put a three-man pairing of Aaron Gordon, Austin Rivers, Nikola Jokic, that's a plus 19.5 net rating. Now, it's only about 300 minutes, so about 600 possessions. That's why I say it's not a small sample size, but it's small enough that there's still some variance there. But plus 20 is really good. And then, you know, like I said, even if no matter who you swap, Jeff Green, Will Barton, either one, he's kind of versatile enough there. What do you think, Bo? Yeah, initially, I was among the skeptics of Austin with the starters. I've liked him off the bench for the better part of the year. But there was the Jokic ball discussion, right? The pump fakes, the jab steps. Can he move quickly? But it's really come around. Part of it is I think he's gotten better at that. The catch and shoot has looked more willing. But the biggest part is what wind circled, and it's the perimeter defense. They're not going to get that from Monte. They're not going to get that from Will. We thought maybe Davon Reed. And it's Ben Rivers who's filled that role. So I do buy it. I I I'm never surprised, right? If Jeff Green is having a, a sort of quiet night and the starting lineup demands it, or the closing lineup, rather, he's going to go with Austin, and I think it's the right call. Yeah. I see some – I'm curious what people in the chat – most people are just saying that they miss Gary. I mean, one of the things that's <laughs> nice about – because he is kind of, I guess, like Gary, he's taller. He's yeah. bigger than Gary. He's taller. Um, offensively, we all remember the good Gary Harris, but the last couple of years of Gary, he wasn't really that great of an offensive impact player. The thing I like about – I think Austin Rivers' offense, especially his drives, he's just – they've been more effective lately. I don't know if that's just like randomness or if there's something to it, but he has been getting to the cup a little bit better lately. But more than anything, I just feel like he's within his role most of the time. Like I, there's very few plays – you get annoyed when he does the jab step when maybe he shouldn't or, or holds it like that. But there's not many plays where you're like, man, he's dribbling the air out of the ball or he's trying to go one-on-one when he shouldn't. Most of the time when he's going one-on-one, it's because, like, the play broke down and he has a grenade. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, he's looked great uh, these last couple of weeks. I think over his last 15 games, Austin Rivers is shooting 40% from three also. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of shooting 40% from three, over the last 13 games that he has played in, Michael Green is shooting 39.3% from three. Ooh. Another guy who has sort of found his three-point stroke after a very cold start. That 13 games also coincides with some of this new look bench that we're talking about. The addition of Bryn Forbes, the addition of Bones Highland as the backup point guard, the addition of DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, I'll start with you this time, Vote. Are you buying? Is this false spring or is this like early summer for Jermichael Green? Baby, it is spring. It's spring. I'm buying it. I'm buying. I've wanted to buy J Mike stock all year. I'm excited to do it now. I think it's process related. 39%. I mean, is it? particularly hot maybe but he was locked into these feudal above the break pick and pop threes well, you know and he was the de facto center and maybe I talked about this with Miroslav there was an effort to draw that biggest paint defender out especially because none of those other guards could penetrate to begin with but it was just uh, pick and pop clank pick and pop clank some of these are getting from, from the corner now the ones that are above the break feel more in rhythm 
I just like it. I like I like the way he's playing. I like where the shots are coming from. I think Jermichael Green is back to being a, a positive rotation player, and particularly with that shot. Are you there, Harrison? <sighs> I'm not as there as vote is. I'm getting there, though. I could be there in another several games. His fit with Cousins, it's not as good on paper as you would think Zeke's fit would be, but it's totally worked on the court. I mean, you look at the numbers with those two playing, they're way in the positives. They like playing together, Jamichael Green and DeMarcus Cousins. They're the Alabama connection. Uh, Mm -hmm. They just have this edge and grit and toughness that they bring to the court. That's really worked. And just when they go against a smaller front court, like they just beast those guys. They're just tougher. They can just move them out of the way and rebound and dominate the paint. So it's been working. I definitely think it's the combination that Denver goes with. And and look, Zeke's been injured. Jamichael Green's gotten the opportunity and run with it. That's just sometimes how these things work in basketball. And I think you just ride this hot hand and that hot pairing for as long as you can. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm buying it. And the interesting question now becomes, like, where does Zeke Naji fit into this equation? Right. Because he was playing really well also. Um, and then it's just injury really has opened up this opportunity for Jermichael Green. And and I do, like, as I sit here and think about it, I love Zeke Naji long-term for Denver. I think I might like Jermichael Green and DeMarcus Cousins and want to see more of it. By the way, was there any update on Zeke Naji today, Harrison? No, but he's still questionable for tomorrow. He's missed the last six games, questionable for tomorrow. Interesting. I wouldn't, in a weird way, I wouldn't mind just getting a little bit of an extended look here. Although, to be honest with you, like playing Houston, playing Oklahoma City, like, right. (laughs) Jermichael Green's probably going to look really good again. And then if you come back, Zeke Naji's back in three games. (laughs) And good luck. You've got four games and five nights against the Warriors and, you know, tough opponents. Do you know who Oklahoma City's backup front court is? Oh, my God. Tell me. So uh, yesterday against Sacramento, they played Olivier Saar. Olivier Saar. Yeah. Uh, He got 26 minutes of run. And uh, Lindy Waters the third. He got 18 minutes of run um, at one of the forward spots. And uh, Alexei Pokashevsky got the other 26 minutes of run uh, at backup power forward. So Oklahoma City, they're that team that's like clearly tanking. And by the way, they need to tank. They're right there on the cusp of losing their top four advantage for the for the lottery. So like they actually kind of need to lose. And you could see it just in who they're playing. Like Shea will probably play, but they're going to put him in the worst possible position. Like he's been I, I have a place. I have a prediction that Denver's bench it might have a better plus minus against the Thunder tomorrow night <laughs> than it had against the Blazers. I, I expect all fans and analysts to be rational about those numbers uh, when they're beating yeah. up on whatever, uh, beating up on Sar uh, tomorrow. Why don't we hit a break? And that was fun. Mindy Waters, the third. The third. I, I love, and who could I, forget I the that. first two? Um, uh, all right, let's take a break. On the other side, though, we're going to wrap up by previewing the month of March. All right, guys, if you want to watch Nuggets and Avalanche games this season, check out Evoca TV. Look, I put out that tweet about the Nuggets having uh, the worst local TV rating in 15 years. 
and as far as the sports business journals database goes back, and obviously that's because games haven't been being shown on Comcast. And a lot of people replied to me and they're like, I've been watching Nuggets games because I have a Vodka TV. Um, that's great news. That's what we love to hear. So if you want to get in on that, if you want to get set up with Ivaca TV, they've got altitude. They've got other national TV channels as well. They're also just cool as hell. That's the other thing about Ivaca TV. Like I am rooting so hard for Ivaca TV to win. We keep getting people that have switched over. They're super happy with it. The picture's been great. Um, it's like when people don't take care of their customers. I root for somebody to come into the market and overtake the market. And I'm Ivaca TV. I want them to win. They're great. Yeah. You know who else they're great, Harrison? Why is that? They are the sponsor, the presenting sponsor now of our DNVR takeover, presented by Avaca TV. They are going to be doing some cool, actionable things here for our takeover event, which of course is March 26th. Um, you people sign up. There's limited number of tickets. We've already sold, I think, around somewhere around half of them. So you're gonna want to sign up for this. Come and watch. By the way, March 26th, we're gonna talk about this next segment. Might be Michael Porter Jr.'s debut. Might be a second or third game. Um, I expect Ooh. he'll be back by then. Who knows? Maybe there's a, a Jamal Murray update. But Avaca TV making that uh, possible for us. Yes, if you want to get set up with Avaca TV, go to evaca.tv slash DNVR, evaca.tv slash DNVR. It's just 25 bucks a month, no contracts, no hidden fees, and you get that $25 per month price locked in for two years. So uh, get set up with those guys today. Um, also, if you're looking to order some pizza, if you just got that craving, check out Sexy Pizza. They got a bunch of locations yeah. across Denver, Cap Hill, pizza. South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill, new location in Trinidad, Colorado as well. Go to www.sexy.pizza. They've got great pizzas, of course. They've got great salads, great sides. They've got desserts as well. www.sexy.pizza. Pickup or delivery from all those locations. Cap Hill, South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill if you're in the Denver area. There you go. Final segment here, the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Do not forget... Uh, if you ever miss this as a live show on YouTube, I know a lot of people consume this. This is also the number one Denver Nuggets podcast in the world. Most downloaded, most listened to Denver Nuggets podcast in the world. So you can get it right there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or where else you get your podcasts. Um, all right, final segment here. Let's look ahead. The month of March is going to be pivotal. It's the last full month uh, you know, of the season. My first question I have, I don't know if you guys realize this. The Nuggets in the Jokic era... Their longest win streak. Do you guys know how long it is? Uh, eight games. Eight. eight games. They are currently at six with Oklahoma City and then Houston on deck. So the first question is, can we see a new record for winning streak for the Denver Nuggets? Oklahoma City, Houston, New Orleans, three-game – actually, four-game homestand. Then after that, second night of a back-to-back versus Golden State. So do you see – vote the Nuggets – setting a new record in the Jokic era with a nine or more game-winning streak. Oh, I hate to do it, guys. I think they tie it. I do not feel good about that New Orleans game. I don't know about you guys. I think they're they're playing well. Um, I think they get the next two easy, but I am – Maybe not Maybe not the Pelicans game. But look, it's possible, though. I mean, if you were to try to line up three games, you would certainly take the Pelicans over the Grizzlies right now. I'm not tripping on that. It's a winnable game. 
Um, but look, winning streaks are hard. And if I had to guess where maybe the Nuggets come out flat and the bench doesn't save them this time, I'm looking at New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with vote. That New Orleans game is going to be so tough, man. <laughs> These next two are going to be real easy. Uh, and then you're sitting on eight in a row and you've got New Orleans in here who, you know, like they're just kind of the Nuggets kryptonite in terms of even without Zion, they do so much of their damage in the paint. But mm -hmm. they also just killed Denver last game. They're playing well. They just beat the Suns. They smoked the Lakers. That's going to be a tough one. Man, I honestly, I'm going against you guys. I do think they get it. Now, I think it's 9-0. I think that Warriors game on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, like that one's going to be really tough. Who knows what happens with it? I do think the next two Denver should win. It'd be very disappointing if they dropped them. So tying it at eight, I think not only – I think you should expect it. Like if they don't do it, that'll be a disappointment. That New Orleans game, guys, here's the thing. Nuggets are on a six-game winning streak. Three games since the All-Star break. Jokic has had B games. Like he hasn't been bad. But we haven't seen Jokic take over in large part because he hasn't necessarily needed to. We've seen him take over in little pockets here. I think this Nuggets team has really found their groove and their identity, especially with that second unit. It's giving them confidence. And you forget, this is this is going to be the most time Denver has spent in Denver. It's like going to tie the longest they've been in Denver all season. Yeah. They just haven't had these stretches, and that makes such a big difference. Um, I, I think the Nuggets win. I think they roll. And I think we see some of the best we've seen of, of the Nuggets over this next week. Um, so I'm going to go and say at least nine. And then you got the Golden State Warriors game, second night of a back-to-back. -back, I don't know. Um, if we keep going, uh, the Nuggets do have 10 home games and six road games. I just went through the list, and I, I predict 10 and six. I think that's probably par. And it's not that they win all the home games you know, or, or, or what have you. But I just look at it. The early part of the schedule is very easy. The end part of it gets a little bit tough. Um, if we look at this, as I pull it up here on this on the screen, Oklahoma City, Houston, I'm giving those wins. New Orleans, I'm giving it a win. If you look at this bundle of Warriors, Kings, Warriors, Toronto, I think Denver two and two in that stretch is probably somewhat fair. It, it's tough because this stretch here is four games in five days, which Denver. You look at this game, TNT, the fourth game in five days. Denver might punt that game. In fact, I think it would be hilarious if their first game on national television in a while, they just are like, yeah, you guys gave us the fourth game in five nights. We're not playing anybody. Uh, they can't do that. <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> They're not going to do that, though. Eric, Eric Weedham is FaceTiming me right now. <laughs> Accept Should we it. answer Accept it? it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go live here. Eric, you uh, forget what happens at 2.30 to 3.30? Don't say any important information about the company. I don't know what time is I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, we're just doing the DNBA show. You're live on the air. <laughs> have, is there anything you think the people should know? Um, you don't know. <laughs> All right, let me give you a call back in like 10 minutes when we're done. All right, later. <laughs> Silly Eric. Um, All right. Getting back here. Then you go to this brutal stretch where you have Philadelphia, Washington, Cleveland. That's three really hard games. That road trip might be tough. When you get back home, here's one thing when we talked about Michael Porter's return. If he does return on the 20th, that's Boston. Boston's been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, you got the Clippers after that. They're always a tough matchup, and that's on TNT. You got the Phoenix Suns. Maybe Chris Paul is back by that moment. They're the best team in basketball. And then you get the Thunder for our party bus one. But 
if you come back on the 20th, it's not unreasonable that Denver could lose all three of those games. And that would just be tough for a guy to come back. If you're like having a great month and you come back for the three toughest game stretch and then, you know, you get blamed if they lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough finding a, a spot for him to come back. That, that three game road trip is, is so pivotal at Philly where the MVP is going to be decided in that game for sure. At Washington, at Cleveland. Like if Denver goes two and three on that road trip, I mean they go three and oh, that's awesome. But if they go two and three, like they should be sitting pretty once March wraps up. If they go like oh and three or something, that could be a momentum absolute killer. But I feel like that three game road trip could kind of set the tone for the entire month. That and so another one of the things I'm looking at here is just that um that Philly game. I mean, so much like MVP narratives will hang on it. Um, is there, I know what is your excitement and or nervous level for that nuggets 76ers battle in Philadelphia on the 14th? Uh, both are way high. Um, excited just for the game part, not so excited for the conversations that will come with it. And then nervous because, um, look, if, if what Wynn says is the case, I mean, the Sixers have Harden right now, and the Nuggets are maybe, hopefully, working forward or back. It's, it's a diff- It's not quite an even playing field. Um, Jokic, I do think, cares about matchups and winning games, but I don't think he cares about MVP statements, right? So he'll do what he needs to do to win that game, but that'll be about reading the floor, and it won't yeah. be about, I need to get 50 tonight. And so um, I'm just... I'm nervous for exhausting conversation. I'm excited for these guys to play each other for the first time in literally years. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> the last time, wasn't it Harrison the game winner? Wasn't that the last time Was they it? played? And, and if wow. you remember that game, Jokic kind of got outplayed for the first three quarters by quite a bit. And then in the fourth quarter, I think he had 17 points and the game winner. So it was like one of those where it's like he ended up dominating when it mattered and they got the win. But for most of that game, it was like, come on, Yoke, do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the anticipation around that game is going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it will. It will be for sure. What other things we have coming on the DNVR takeover? As I mentioned, I'm telling you, man, it's setting up to be a crazy night. If that oh, does yeah. end up happening to be Michael Porter's return, it just would be like, oh, it'd be too perfect. And then um, Nuggets Warriors. I, I'd mentioned this earlier, but that TNT game, the fourth game, and it's just weird that Denver hasn't been on national TV for a while, and they're going to be on the fourth game in five nights. I just. I, I will say this. I do think Denver might go 14 and two this month with losses to the 76ers and Warriors on national television. And it would be too perfect if Denver ends up winning like 21 of 25 <laughs> TV ones. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point here. I didn't realize that Philly will be on a back to back in that game. That helps. If you want to know the truth, what I think will happen if that's the case, I bet you they rest the game before that. That's, mm. that's kind of their style. I bet they mm. will. Um, yeah, so it should be a very exciting month. I do think by – I mean, we're going to get some – when do you think we'll get a concrete Jamal Murray update, Harrison? The way we are getting concrete Michael Porter updates now. I'd still say a couple of weeks at the earliest. I mean, with Porter, like I'm pretty confident that the Nuggets have a date in mind of when his debut could come. Like I'm pretty sure there, there are people who have a date circled – I just think Murray's way further off. I think, you know, a couple of weeks maybe we'll 
start hearing some more substantive stuff. Yeah, I think so. Probably too. Well, that does it for today's show, guys. This was a good one. Information rich, good conversation. Um, guess what? Tomorrow we are back doing post-game shows. We are back, baby. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. We got shows to talk about. I can't wait for it. It should be fun. Don't forget, hit that like button on the way out. Sign up. Buy your party bus ticket. March 26th. You're going to be a one a part of it. Uh, we have a great time at these. Uh, there's a great chance the Nuggets get a win. I think the vibes are going to be immaculate that night. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Very good odds. That's one of your favorite nights of the entire year. Uh, so you're wow, going to want to sign up. Me. It's definitely worth the price of admission. Let's go. It should be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.